0: Welcome into Duval Daily, presented by Jinjag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks so much for tuning in here on Friday, September 22nd. Hopefully you guys are representing the Jaguars out there all weekend. Today we have got Jaguars versus Texans matchups to watch. The Texans, they're coming in here in week three here against the Jaguars. They're going to take them on at Everbank Stadium, the newly renamed Everbank Stadium. Um, the Texans they come in with an 0 and 2 record. They just lost to the Colts, lost to the Ravens in Week One. The Jaguars are obviously one and one. Uh, they had a, a nice road victory in Week One, division road r- victory over the Colts. Wasn't the prettiest of games for the Jaguars, but they got the job done, won by double digits. Then they fell 17-9 to in Week 2 against the Kansas City Chiefs for the third straight time the Jaguars have lost to the Chiefs over the last couple years under Doug Peterson. He's having a hard time getting back at his, his mentor, Andy Reid. But we've got Jaguars and Texans, and the Texans, they've beaten the Jaguars five straight times on the road. Four of those games in Jacksonville, one of them... In London. So the Jags have had a hard time defending the bank against the Houston Texans. They're going to need to do that this weekend in a big way. I do think looking at the matchups here, I think the coaching matchups on both sides are high quality. Like if the Texans can get things rolling in the right direction here in year one, build some momentum going into year two of this new um, of this new regime, then I think that they could have a really quality coaching staff, a coaching staff that that is respected amongst the best in the league because I do think D'Amico Ryans is a great leader. I think he's a great defensive mind as well. I think his experience playing the game and his ability to communicate and teach his players is top-notch on that side of the ball. And I think Bobby Slowick, while I don't know a ton about him, I know the system he's trying to implement. It's a system that has worked throughout the league. It's that Shanahan wide zone system. And obviously, it has grown over the years. It's going to grow and um, change and evolve in Houston as long as Bobby Slowick's there. But um, I think that this is a really good coaching matchup because when you look at what they do on offense with Bobby Slowick, it is a lot of that San Francisco stuff. Obviously, they have diversified the running game. The 49ers and a lot of the trees under the 49ers, a lot of the coaches that have come from that system have diversified their running game in recent years just because that's kind of the name of the game. If you're only running outside zone, teams can kind of scheme that up and and uh, do their best to mitigate that. But if you're running outside zone with inside zone, running some power, some gap, um, all this different stuff, you can really make it difficult for defenses to key on how you're trying to run the football and it can make you more effective so I think you're going to see that especially with Damian Pierce he's a guy that does really well between the tackles we'll talk about him here but I think Bobby Sloak the way he's able to scheme guys open the way he's able to get the running game going um, I think that he's going to be a really good coach in this league a really good offensive coordinator in this league and defensively I mentioned it they're aggressive they're fast they use the wide nine um, when they're trying to get after the quarterback get those edge rushers out there super wide make it difficult for your tackles to respond to their speed. So I think there is a good matchup on both sides there. But uh, for me, I just don't think that the Texans personnel in a lot of ways is quite on the same level as their coaching right now, especially with all the injuries that they're dealing with On the offensive line and defense, I think that's making it difficult for them really to establish a ton of consistency and put a ton of points on the board on offense when you talk about the offensive line and defensively, the injuries in the secondary. They had been without Jimmy Ward. They had been, they're probably going to be without Jalen Petrie. They're probably going to be without Denzel Perryman this week, who's their starting linebacker. Um, Derek Stingley had a hamstring injury yesterday in practice, so they're going to be without him as well. So I think there's just a little bit too much attrition on the offensive line and on the defense for them to really hit their stride. And then there's the fact that this is one of the youngest teams in the league. right? You have a rookie quarterback. You have a lot of young players around him on both sides of the ball, brand-new head coach and offensive coordinator. So I just don't think the Texans are quite there, but I think that the coaching matchup should be good. I think that this coaching matchup will be really good moving forward. Like if they're able to have a good year one and a good year one, I think for the Texans is just really moving things in the right direction, knowing that CJ Stroud is your quarterback of the future, feeling like you've got good pieces in Derek Stingley in Will Anderson and some of these other guys. And um, then going into year two, feeling like you can really compete at a much higher level after another draft class, another free agency cycle. But I think the Texans coaching staff is a quality coaching staff, no doubt about it. Um, looking at the play, players, the personnel, right? I mentioned it in the game preview, Anton Harrison versus Will Anderson. They're going to be lined up against each other a ton. Anton Harrison at right tackle. Will Anderson has been playing almost exclusively on the left side of the defensive line. So he's been going up against that right tackle a ton. These are two first round picks, two really high quality, very talented players. Will Anderson, I think was for my money, the most talented edge rusher in this class. And I think Anton Harrison was right up there as among the most talented offensive tackles. I had a top 10 grade on him. A lot of people were more like mid first round, late first round on Anton Harrison. The Jaguars, they were able to land him at 27 overall. I think that was a great, great pick. I still love it. Obviously, having him matched up against Chris Jones in week two was a welcome to the NFL moment, and Anton Harrison said as much, but Harrison versus Anderson, two rookies that have been playing fairly well overall when you look at the entire body of work, which is very small, over two weeks. But I think that these two guys are going to um, help determine how the Jaguars' passing attack gets going in this one. The Jaguars, they struggled throwing the football last week in terms of execution, a lot of drops, a lot of um, pressure on Trevor Lawrence, a few misses by Trevor as well. So I think Anton Harrison versus Will Anderson, can Anton kind of set the tone against Will Anderson a little bit early and use his length, his athleticism, to mitigate Will Anderson's ability to affect Trevor Lawrence in the backfield. I think that's going to be fascinating. I also think on the other side of the ball, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, the Jaguars top two edge rushers, they need to have a big day versus these tackles. I mean, Laramie Tunsil probably will be back with a knee injury this week, but the Jaguars have seen Laramie Tunsil a lot and they've done some good things against him in the past. On the right side, you do not have Titus Howard for the Houston Texans. They're going to be without, you know, Titus Howard. They're without Kenyon Green, they're without Juice Scruggs. So they've got a lot of injuries on the offensive line. They've got a lot of attrition that's happened. They've tried to uh, replenish their ranks by going out and finding some other guys on other teams, trading for them. But for me, uh, I think that the Jaguars, Edge Rushers, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker should be able to have a really big game in this one. C.J. Stroud has been sacked 11 times in two weeks. I know he's a good young quarterback. I think he's going to be a good starter in this league for a long time, and I think he's in a good system to help support. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What he does, but he does not have the offensive line right now. There's just too many injuries up front for the Texans. Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, they need to take advantage of that. Uh, they did not get a sack combined last week. They need to go out and get the job done. They need to get pressures on on C.J. Stroud and get him to the ground in this one, and it'll help this team uh, win, win another football game, another divisional game, try to get to 2-0 in the division. I'm also looking at the entire defense versus Damian Pierce, specifically Devin Lloyd, Um, this might not be the same matchup as it was last year in the bank, because again, the offensive line injuries have just really crippled their ability to run the football. The the Houston Texans, Damian Pierce has not gotten going so far in 2023. Uh, but this defense that it needs to rally to the ball when Damian Pierce has the football, they need to tackle, tackle well, be efficient in their tackling. And I think Devin Lloyd needs to help lead that charge. Obviously you're looking at Foyal Luke and Roy Robertson Harris, um, Fulifatou Kassi, who who returned to practice on Thursday, and the edge players to help in that regard. But I think the linebackers have got to get the job done. You know Foye, Luke, and Will. You need Devin Lloyd, too, as well. This is a second-year player, a second-year starter, a guy that the Jaguars moved back up into the first round to land. I'm a huge fan of his game. I think overall he's played pretty well over the first two weeks, had a couple mishaps against... The Kansas City Chiefs, but I think that could be said about a lot of players on the Jaguars' defense overall, Um, and playing the Chiefs is tough. If you're a young player playing against the Kansas City Chiefs' offense at linebacker, you're in a tough spot, no doubt about it. I think Devin Lloyd in this game should have a very big impact for the Jaguars, and I'm looking forward to seeing if he can go head-to-head with uh, Damian Pierce and get him to the ground. Calvin Ridley versus Shaquille Griffin? Steven Nelson, as I mentioned, Derek Stingley, he's injured. He injured his hamstring in practice yesterday. I do not know how the Texans can cover Calvin Ridley without a Derek Stingley. Get your best offensive player the ball and get back on track on offense. Bottom line, Calvin Ridley should be able to roast this defense. Look, Steven Nelson, he's played pretty well so far. Shaquille Griffin, do I think he can match up well with Calvin Ridley? I do not. I absolutely do not. Uh, you've seen him in Jacksonville. You've seen him in the league for several years now. I don't think that that is a matchup that the Texans can win. I really don't. I think they needed Derek Stingley in this game to try to mitigate, to try to compete with Calvin Ridley. And look, that would be a tough assignment for Derek Stingley in his second season. But he has the talent, the athleticism to do it at the very least. I don't think you can say that about Shaquille Griffin or Steven Nelson. And Javier Thomas, their starting nickel, he's got a broken hand. I don't think he's going to be playing in this one either. So I think the Jaguars passing attack should really be able to get back on track. And I think you want to get Calvin Ridley the football, get that confidence and chemistry going back with Trevor Lawrence heading into a two-week stretch where you're playing football in London against the Falcons and the Bills. So yeah, I definitely want to see Calvin Ridley get going in this one and the Jaguars' entire passing game. I will throw the Texans fans a bone here. I'll say their wide receiver core versus the Jaguars' secondary I think is an interesting matchup because C.J. Stroud does have the ability to get these guys the ball if he has time in the pocket. And Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Robert Woods, they popped off last week against the Colts. There's no doubt about it. Now for me, I think popping off against the Colt secondary is not the most impressive thing in the world to do. Because I think it's by far the worst secondary in the NFL right now. A lot of that is based on attrition. You know, Stefan Gilmore went to Dallas. You have your suspension, uh, your, your guy that got suspended, your other starter last year that got suspended, who was your second best corner. So you lost your top two guys. Then you go, you draft Juju Brands. He's unable to play at a high level right now. You draft Darius Rush. You released him. This is one of the worst secondaries you will see um, in the NFL. Bar none, the the Indianapolis Colts is. So for me, popping off against them, especially in the second half when you're down by a lot – is not all that impressive, but I do like these players individually. Nico Collins is a big, big ball winner, a guy who has been really effective over the middle of the field so far uh, this year. Tank Dell, super quick, fast, twitchy, he's a guy that gets open, creates separation. And then Robert Woods, he's steady as he goes, does everything you want of a uh, veteran wide receiver, a guy that can do the dirty work for you, can do a lot for you, especially in a Shanahan style offense that Bobby Slowick is running. So. I think the Jaguars secondary is up to the task. I really do. They've played very well this year. I think when you look at Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams on the outside, they've been fantastic overall. And then you also look at uh, what Trey Herndon is doing in the nickel, and Andre Sisco being a real ball hawk in the middle. Rayshon Jenkins played lights out last week. Can he continue that type of performance? We'll see how it goes, but I do think it'll be interesting to watch to see if these Texans receivers are really taking a step forward or if they just kind of popped off in a favorable matchup against the Colts in week two. We'll see. I'll be honest with y'all, though. There is no reason that the Jags should not win this game with relative ease, and it should be a 3 win you do not have to be ready for the playoffs towards the end of September here you don't but if you're a good team you just got punched in the mouth in week two at home you have another opportunity to show out in front of your home crowd this weekend respond against lesser competition I know it's a divisional matchup I know the Texans have beaten you on the road five straight times but this is not the type of game that if the Jaguars are serious that they lose and again they should win going away. They should win on all three phases. They are better than the Texans in all three phases of this game. The Texans are young, they're injured, and they are not as talented as the Jaguars. Be the bully this week. They absolutely need to be. They need to show that they can do that and respond from a disappointing loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Really appreciate y'all tuning in. Hit me up on Twitter, at Jordan You can follow Generation Jaguar, at Generation Jag. Please hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also hit the notification bell so you don't miss a show. Leave a comment in the comment section below for the algorithm. If you don't want to support the channel further, you can check out genjack.com/shop. Pick up a hat like the one I'm wearing. We got a lot of hats available, t-shirts, etc. Genjack.com/shop. We're gonna have bold predictions tomorrow. Y'all have a good one.